Hello everyone, and welcome to They're Not Cousins, a 90s anime podcast by three ladies who love anime but are bad at watching it. I'm Josie. I'm Allie. And I'm Cassie. What is up, my freaky darlings? (laughs) 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 You know, it's good to to mix things up, right? (laughs) We are the freak squad? (laughs) What? We definitely are. (laughs) Another day, another podcast title, am I right? (laughs) So before we get into it today, I did want to take a second to say sorry to everyone for the sound quality last episode. I'm pretty sure that Allie's cats are in league with the Negaverse to conspire against us. Um, Their plan was simple but effective. Mess with just absolutely every setting on Allie's mic. <laughs> it's very true. It was either them or it could have been me. <laughs> it's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch! Well, only you have opposable thumbs. They haven't developed that technology yet, but when they do, they're going to bring it back to Toonses. Freaking Toonses spelling it with a C. Who are you? Oh my god. It's okay, Allie. It's okay. <sighs> It's a hashtag. Well, you have to realize how much of a mental blow that is for Allie because she prides herself on her excellent spelling. Thank you. When I was in first grade, we had to march down to my teacher and tell her that the fact she wanted cookie spelled C-O-O-K-Y on the spelling test was very wrong. Uh, And it was okay that I spelled it C-O-O-K-I-E. This runs deep. Whoa, whoa. That's like, I mean, that's the equivalent of setting a car on fire nowadays, right? Yeah. (laughs) With inflation? (laughs) Exactly. When did she write this test? Like, 1920? (laughs) I read a book as a kid that has a real old-timey spelling of ribbon, and I think if I ever showed it to you, you might just die. (laughs) Oh, it's got an F in there, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) No. It was spelled like Ribon. Okay, yeah. No, no, I, I I can see that. Yeah. Ali's Trivia Corner. Oh. That's the name of a shoujo manga magazine in Japan for a very long time. I don't know if it's still running. Oh, wow. Cool. Mm. The more you know, <laughs> rainbow noise or star rainbow noise. <laughs> sound drop. Oh, I am now replacing that sound drop with Cassie singing star rainbow noise. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> the more you know, star rainbow noise. apart from addressing those issues with sound we're also getting super close to december ween when watching this that means our listeners all four of them will hear this sometime next march but i wanted to live in the here and now when sleigh bells are jiggling like bowls full of eggnog and magic snowmen grandpas are haunting our dreams so ladies what is that wintertime holiday movie you just have to watch every december that's a tough one yeah yeah yeah, a wintertime holiday movie? Like, I mean, does End of Evangelion count? I say yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's very festive. <laughs> I mean, there is like a Christ-like figure. Exactly. And at the end, <laughs> the world ends, but is reborn in the Christ figure's image. Uh, isn't that more like Easter? Mm, I know... Everything is a pagan holiday when it comes down to it. So, you know, it can go either way. That's true. Yeah, that is the true lesson that we learned from End of Evangelion. Also, there's a lot of eggnog in that movie. <laughs> so much eggnog. Yes, every scene. Shinji, get in the eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink it. <laughs> That's your mom. <laughs> oh, no. Disgusting. Oh, God, now I'm just imagining eggnog in your eyes as you're trying to fight an angel, and it's just, no, no. And I'm just seeing Gendo wearing a Santa outfit. Oh, 
<laughs> so here's the question does gendo for christmas does he put powder in the beard to make it white or does he put another beard on top of his beard beard on the beard yeah, yeah. totally beard on the beard okay yeah, yeah he's one of those guys <laughs> yeah he's he's a dick <laughs> <laughs> definitely beard on the beard oh <laughs> uh, yes i absolutely agree with that Cassie, any thoughts? Do you want to contribute anything to this? You know, I was thinking of one before all this Evangelion talk, and now all I can think of is his beard on his beard. Okay, that's fair. Well, I'll talk about what I had prepared. It's so unfair that I jump you guys with these, and then I have one hey, written for myself. Fine. Yeah, no, it's it's it, that's improv, baby. Yeah. If the audience learns nothing from this podcast, they should learn that I do not play fair. Well, you do tend to DM all of our games. Oh no, that's true. This is just my inner DM coming in. Exactly. You're you're making us roll for initiative every podcast episode. <laughs> Quick, tell me your favorite holiday movie or else you're getting a fireball to the face. (laughs) No. Oh, yes. My favorite Yuletide movie is a tradition that was inspired by my lovely partner. It is the story of a silly skeleton man dressing up and doing Christmas instead of Santa because Saint Nick has been incapacitated by a quirky group of assassins led by a very scary villain. Of course, I'm talking about Hogfather by Terry Pratchett. Oh my god, that was what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. That was the movie I was thinking of. Cassie, that's so good. I love Hogfather. Oh, you're having a bonding moment. Yeah, oh, I'd love to see it. But yeah, for our audience, in case you haven't seen Hogfather, it is the story of the embodiment of death and his granddaughter working together to save the holidays. And Santa is a pig man who was born out of pagan sun worship, and some wizards accidentally invent the Oh God of Hangovers. Um, It is Terry Pratchett doing what he does absolutely best, which is writing some of the funniest and most insightful prose in existence. The way he names his characters is just, is delicious. I feel like J.K. Rowling tried to name her characters as if she were Terry Pratchett, but just like couldn't figure out how to do it and just gave all her characters terrible names. Yes, yes, agreed. Agreed. And I guess this is why Terry Pratchett was knighted in as Sir Terry Pratchett <laughs> versus J.K. Rowling, who can just die in a freaking fire. Yeah. She can just exist in the trash heap of history. Yep. <laughs> Go bleach your roots, creep! Oh, about the movie. I did want to say, I feel like it's timeless in kind of a weird way. Like, some of the special effects are really understated and great, while others are very, very, very bad. <laughs> And I think that kind of reflects how holidays are in real life, where there's kind of a strangeness about them. They're sort of uncanny. Like, there's this imperceptible sense of sadness mixed in along with all the fun stuff. And if that makes sense to you, I think you'll find Hogfather compliments that feeling really well. Sounds delightful. And it seems like a very good indication that we just need to get back to the Victorian tradition of telling ghost stories on Christmas, because we're all gonna die. So just lean into it. Yes, absolutely. And that's a perfect segue for me to mention Muppet Christmas Carol also, because you can't have a holiday without Miss Piggy chewing out Michael Caine. Come on now. (laughs) Touche. I also like one of the like original versions of the Christmas Carol movie. Only one of them, because there's so many versions and I hate all of them. Except for that one specific one that I don't know which one it is because there's too many. Okay, but it's not the one where there are puppet frogs and puppet pigs and puppet rats everywhere. <laughs> I actually don't really like the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, It's no. like my least favorite Muppet movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't like that one that much. I don't know why. I just, I don't. Well, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, I just think, you know. Mine's it's... just wrong. <laughs> 
No, no, no. <laughs> because my opinion is fueled by nostalgia, which does not make it right. This entire podcast is an exercise in navel-gazing nostalgia. So, like, don't even act like, you know, our feelings about Sailor Moon are just opinions, because at this point, they are fact, they are canon. Yeah, it's true. We are writing sort of a Bible of Sailor Moon in this show. <laughs> Perfect. I couldn't even not laugh at the end of that statement. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. I feel like that is a really good place for us to actually get into this episode of Sailor Moon. Um, so yeah, Cassie, if you don't mind, would you read us the officially sanctioned plot synopsis so that we can cuddle into bed with visions of moon cheese cats dancing in our heads? Of course. This time on Sailor Moon, scent of a monster. Shanella will steal your love. Usagi asks her family if they can officially keep Luna as a pet, but her little brother Shingo strongly objects due to his fear of cats. Instead, Shingo brings home a pet Shanella, a creature that smells like perfume. Okay, so that's promising. That doesn't sound horrible. No, and I do want to just go on the record and let everybody out there know that when I read the title of this episode, I read it as Chanella Will Steal My Cats. And I was like, (laughs) oh no, this is going to be another bad episode. (laughs) The first thing I thought of was Scent of a Woman. And isn't that a movie where they like murder women and make perfumes out of them i don't know maybe that's a different movie there is a movie about that i just love the varying directions that we're taking on this (laughs) either episode steal your cats or episode turn women into perfume she can steal my love like that's fine love died years and years ago in my black dark heart but the idea of taking a cat from me was one step too far Like, I will fight tooth and nail to keep my cats. Exactly. <laughs> love, uh, let's throw it out the window. God, I would love to watch a movie about Allie's life, like a rom-com where, uh, I don't know, some rando is like, I'm gonna get this librarian who doesn't feel love to love me, and then just fails through the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> Allie just gives them a really unimpressed look the entire time and just has no lines. <laughs> and there's a Home Alone style segment where Allie has just set up a bunch of traps for this person to fall into. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so my my initial thought upon hearing this title, I was like, oh, I wonder if Deke did this episode. And no, they did not. It is one out of five episodes that they did not localize in some way. So if it is really bad, if they are trying to steal our cats, turn us into perfume or make us see love, even though it died in our dark hearts thousands of years ago, we don't get to run crying to our beloved childhood episode if the version starts doing that. <laughs> I must be remembering rewatching this episode later in life because I remember this episode and in my mind it was because there was a Deke version and then I was very confused when I looked and saw that there was not a Deke no. version. I'm sure there are other episodes with very strange looking creatures that are going to be stealing people's energy. I was going to say there's 200 episodes. <laughs> there's no way they don't do this twice. <laughs> We start off the episode at the Tsukino household, where we see Usagi is getting some use out of those edible bed sheets. They all said I was crazy for making a comforter out of marshmallows and shoe pastry, but take a look, Mary Berry. Usagi is loving it. (laughs) 
I guess that she's a stress eater because she's in the middle of an extremely vague nightmare where she's being chased by vague shadow monsters with some very minimalistic techno in the background. (laughs) Then, are you kidding me with this? It's three minutes into the show and Tuxedo Mask shows up. There has to be something in the Geneva Convention about this, right? (laughs) So I saw this and I was like, oh my god, she's having a nightmare about Tuxedo Common. She's finally on our side. (laughs) Oh, that would be so nice if she's running away from these shadow monsters and then she just reels back and uppercuts tuxedo mask into the next dream oh my god <laughs> someday he'll be gone yeah spoilers gas <laughs> oh wait sorry sorry is that real is there hope is there light at the end of the tunnel sip 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 no comments we'll get there eventually <laughs> oh my god i've already deleted both of your emails i have no recourse to this I don't Shut up and get in the car. speaking of tuxedo mask disappearing he disappears <laughs> after banishing the darkness in the stream and saving Usagi. One can only hope that this fills his quota in his contract for being in every episode of this fucking show. (laughs) After this, Usagi wakes up because of some screaming, which is her brother Shingo, who is freaking out because Luna is in his room. Apparently, he's afraid of cats, which would be a less reasonable fear if we hadn't just watched an episode where Luna bullied Usagi and then threatened to turn her face into roast beef. Exactly. Just quit yelling and listen to me closely, and if you give me any grief, then your face is gonna pay the price. (laughs) He did get bit by a cat, so it's not like he's afraid out of nowhere. Yeah, no, I know, and we'll get into that, but, you know, for right now, just taking it at face value, I would also be afraid if Luna was just sitting there on the end of my bed looking at my face (laughs) holding a knife like (laughs) sharpening her claws (laughs) loading her rocket launcher god damn it i was taking a sip of tea (laughs) (laughs) sorry i meant to say her cheese rocket launcher um (laughs) this is a real worms armageddon situation we're getting (laughs) oh yes absolutely That bed is going to just be full of holes, and then everybody's going to be falling into the lava at the bottom of it for some reason. Oh no, it's just an Among Us reference again now. Oh god damn it. Still haven't played it. No, same. Ooh. Ooh. Patreon reward. Yeah, yeah, let's set up a Discord and play Among Us with just the three of us and fail miserably. Because aren't there two betrayer people? Yeah, so that third person who is actually not a betrayer is really screwed. I'm caught between a rock and a lard face. Back to Sailor Moon, though. My biggest question in the scene is, why is Luna in Shingo's room? This cat is sapient. She's part of an ancient moon prophecy to save the world or whatever. She knows that people view her as an ordinary cat. Why would she do this? Maybe she's looking for blackmail. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) We know that she is looking for information about something that hasn't been described yet in the show. So, you know, who better to know something that's happening with the ancient moon kingdom than this little kid who happens to live in the same house as her. <laughs> Maybe he's part of the underworld. We don't know. Maybe he used to be a moon rock and is now a child. <laughs> to be fair, like like that kind of tracks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am really excited for these later episodes. <laughs> Luna's like, I think this child used to be the keystone for the arch over the south entrance. We must take care of him. (laughs) Shingo's just like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) 
I had also considered the idea that maybe Shingo just has one of those memory foam podcast mattresses that she likes so much, whereas Usagi is still sleeping on my patented Hamperpedic sleep system. Very thin, a perfect color. The custard has got a lovely shine. He's enjoying his Helix mattress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It feels just like jumping on the moon. <laughs> this better not be pre-advertising. Allie, we've gone over this. You can bleep it out. I get, yeah, I could bleep it out, but that's work. I'm lazy. You know this about me. <laughs> I'm both angry and lazy. I think our roles in this podcast are really just merging together. <laughs> yeah, they really are. <laughs> We're just becoming one person. Ah, uh, finally. It all comes back to End of Evangelion. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I feel like now I'm backing away from this, like, joined personality. I, I don't I don't want to be the End of Evangelion. Give us a five-star comment and review and let us know if you want us to talk about End of Evangelion in a bonus episode. <laughs> oh, no. We're gonna need so much eggnog. <laughs> Speaking of being angry and lazy, Usagi torments her brother, as one might expect an older sister to do to her kid brother, which is a dick move. I know. I was like, oh God, now it's Usagi's turn to be a bitch. Exactly. My question was like, how do you not know that your little brother is afraid of cats? I would assume that they just haven't come into contact with cats that often, so she forgot. Hmm. Every episode of the show has featured a cat in it. Yeah, Yeah, but he wasn't with the cat. Like, he didn't see the cat. Yeah, and this is literally, I guess, the episode where uh, she introduces the cat officially to the family, which is, you know. She's like, "Mm." this is the cat I've been dating. Um, (laughs) I promise she doesn't have fleas. (laughs) You know, she has a job. She's very reliable. And uh, we fight evil together. So I think you should welcome her into our home. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I love that. That's very progressive. <laughs> yeah, she was kicked out of her previous family because they weren't accepting our relationship. <laughs> is this more deep Sailor Moon lore that I'm missing here? Or is no. this just a goof? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a bit. <laughs> it's becoming very hard for me to tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually you'll have seen the entire show and you'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. But in this episode right now, we have a very lovely scene going on downstairs where Usagi's mom is pouring coffee into a delightful little teacup and saucer set. And I don't know if it's just because I had the player paused on this shot for a while and thought we three tea aficionados could take a second to enjoy it together. Mm. I was also appreciating her little tea set and the Western breakfast they had set up. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Everyone is having breakfast at the table with Luna drinking milk from a saucer, and the conversation turns to the pet cat everyone is just now realizing they have. (laughs) That they clearly don't even know how to take care of, because please don't feed your cats a giant saucer of milk. Yeah, it's very, very bad. (laughs) But every cartoon in the history of every cartoon. Cats love milk, but then they will poop everywhere. So unless you want your cat pooping everywhere... Please don't give them a whole bowl of milk. Oh, so milk is just the influencer poop tea of cat (laughs) drinks. Yes, please don't put your cat on an influencer tea diet. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Yeah, I am learning so much about cat ownership. It's what's for dinner. Oh. Cat ownership? (laughs) Yeah, you gotta take care of your cat so that someday you can have a cat roast. (laughs) Oh, no. No. (laughs) That's not what I meant, but I can see it. And once we have the actual apocalypse happening, we're going to have to eat our 
Cats, no. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No. Mm -mm, no, I'll eat you before I'll eat my cat. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Don't be coming down to my house. I will catch you and eat you. Oh. Well, it's fine. I can't drive anyway. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the cat can drive better than you can. <laughs> Bringing it back to Texas. <laughs> Oh, thank God. I'm so glad we got that hashtag going. <laughs> two versions of it. <laughs> yeah, two separate warring versions. Let's see which one holds out. He drives around all over the town. Toons is the driving cat. Okay, so Usagi and Shingo decide to flawlessly reenact every single Reddit thread I've ever looked at saying, No way, no way, no way! Yes way, yes way, yes way, yes way, no. yes! Yeah. <laughs> and the parents refuse to moderate, also like every single Reddit thread. So it's going to be up to the two kids to determine whether LGBT people should be allowed to exist. I mean, whether Luna can stay with the Tsukinos. I always knew that Luna was a metaphor for something. Yeah. I felt like this whole episode was an allegory for something. <laughs> Maybe by the end of the episode, we can make some stabs in the dark as to what that allegory is. Mm. New segment? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Name that allegory. <laughs> God, it must be insufferable being in a relationship with a podcaster. Just everything you say is like, ooh, new segment, new merch idea, new sponsor. Mine is just like, stop making throw pillows out of meat. <laughs> You're not Lady Gaga. You can't make it cool. <laughs> I wish that was the first time I'd heard that in my life. Stop trying to make fetch happen. On the walk to school. And yes, you heard me right. It's a walk. Usagi is not late. What show is this? Are we doing Ranma one half again? What temperature does the water need to be for this cat to turn to Angela Lansbury? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I'm glad you brought up Ranma one half because I have some thoughts about a scene that's coming up soon that brings us right back. So keep that in the oh. back of your noggins, kids. <laughs> we're going to take that Ranma one half, just put it on the shelf, yep. and we're going to come back to it later. <laughs> I was there with you, Allie. Oh, good. <laughs> just a little Ranma one half as a treat. <laughs> so on this walk to school... Luna explains that she was burnt out after a night out looking for the moon princess, and that's why she accidentally went into Shingo's room. Maybe she inadvertently found what she was looking for. Shingo can be a moon princess if he wants to. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he could be the moon princess. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, and just look at his eyelashes. They're beautiful. Yeah. And it beats being a rock in the rock garden on the moon. <laughs> He was the most beautiful rock. He was like the large southern facing rock that had some lichen growing on it. I'm just imagine a rock <laughs> on the moon sitting next to another rock on the moon and one of them just starts anime blushing. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I know what I have to Photoshop for this episode. <laughs> It was at this point that Usagi, she leaves and tells Luna just to make Shingo like her. Uh, is this a Luna Shingo bottle episode? Is that seriously what we're doing? Are we going to get a black screen with the words Luna eats Usagi's little brother and the always sunny theme playing? <laughs> I mean, you guys said that cats love eating meat. That wasn't me. No, it's That's very true. true. Yeah, they are obligate carnivores and Shingo looks like he is up for dinner. He's also pretty useless, so no loss there. <laughs> yeah, that was why I was freaking out when I thought this episode would be all about Shingo, because I'm like, I don't really like this kid that much. I don't want to spend an entire episode with him. <laughs> we do spend a lot of time with him, though, in this episode. It's true. I kind of come out of it feeling a little bit better. I have come to 
sort of understand him better and like him a little bit better as a character, but it did it took duress to get me to that point. <laughs> Someone had to force you to like him. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of people forcing other people to like them, Luna goes to a pet shop to get some inspiration for how to make someone like her. I'm really hoping that these other cats aren't like cats going their own way pickup artists you know like humans don't pet nice cats they only go for the ones who pee in their shoes so i became that cat i haven't gained any fulfilling or meaningful relationships but boy do i pee in a lot of shoes buy my book for 60 dollars oh, oh and then they're banned from australia <laughs> good i'm glad that you took it there like literally everything that i wrote down for that was Ooh, a pet shop with cute kitties Ooh, woo. Uh, so <laughs> it just all tracks <laughs> i sort of knew in the back of my head that i'd be pulling the weight on that uh, on that seat <laughs> that's so good <laughs> so instead of kitty incels luna sees a cute little kitten licking a kid's finger and she thinks yeah that's what humans like when we lick them with our weird sharp claw covered tongues <laughs> To get the meat off the bones. Yeah. <laughs> Luna, you can just eat the mattress. That's what it's there for. That's what I made it for. It's good bake. Nice strong color. You got a lot of filling in there. This whole scene, I was thinking like, this scenario is what toxoplasmosis is for, right? Luna needs to get that mind control parasite train going so the whole family will love her. Exactly. Because I think that, you know, up, up until now, um, because she hasn't been a pet, they don't have a litter box for her. So she's been doing all of her business outside. Uh, now that she's going to be welcomed into the family at some point, she will actually be able to get those parasites into everybody in the family. I hope. I don't really know. She's a moon cat. She's a sentient cat. Okay. <laughs> so imagine you as a person, right? Mm -hmm. And you're just, you were living on the street and someone takes you in, but then it's like, okay, now you have to poop in a box. <laughs> I guess my first question would be, what are you going to do with that box? <laughs> God damn it, I was taking a sip of tea again. I hate you. <laughs> Ali, stop drinking tea while we're recording a podcast. I need it. That way I can stay on top of my game. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then we'll get you a, uh, a squeegee for the holidays so you can just wipe off the screen of your computer. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> do magic cats even use the toilet? We don't know. And I'm not asking. Yeah, neither am none of us are asking that, listeners. Do not write us <laughs> questions and emails about this because we're not asking. <laughs> and if we knew, we're not telling. Yeah. Please don't send any information about that. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Allie's the one who checks the email address, so not my problem, I guess. Hashtag not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring us on back, bring us on back. Uh, <laughs> we cut to the Negaverse, where Gerald is just vibing, like, sup, bro? And Queen Beryl <laughs> is all, Jadai, you're still alive, huh? I haven't, like, fired <laughs> slash defenestrated you yet. Cool. What's the plan this week? And he hits her back with, I've got this iguana setting everything up. Going to be real good. <laughs> and Beryl is like, yeah, these humans want all kinds of shit. Let's just use that, maybe. <laughs> I love that the monster's name is Iguara. Yeah. As soon as Jedi said that, I was like, I will be so disappointed if she's not a lizard person. I was thinking that too. <laughs> I was like, oh yes, the lizard people, they've come. <laughs> this is their time. <laughs> State your first name, your last name, and occupation. Lizard man, lizard man, and uh, 
Lizard man. No, we can't become that podcast. We're not selling enough male hormone supplements yet. Please drink this bone broth and be afraid of the lizard people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Get that on a (laughs) t-shirt. For me personally, I was just imagining that Jadeite had a pet iguana that was sitting on a chair and like (laughs) there was a computer in front of it that said, take over the world. (laughs) And every once in a while he would pick it up and pet it as if it was Mr. Bigglesworth. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I actually really like that headcanon for Jadeite because it kind of gives it more personality than just being a weirdo. I imagine it on like a leash harness and it's his actual pet. They wouldn't distribute any more Yoma to him because they keep getting killed. So he's like, uh, he's my pet this time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's kind of sad based on what happens at the end of the episode, but we'll get there. For the time being, I do want to mention that the cult in the background is completely silent again. I think Mm -hmm. this time they're like, did he just say his pet iguana is going to be in charge this time? (laughs) Do you think maybe we should try go finding the Dragon Balls again? But I think they're all four episodes into the Queen's Gambit and they're worried they'll miss it if they don't get through it before (laughs) the next like Netflix purge. (laughs) Getting away from the Negaverse and back to school, we see Usagi and Naru and Umino and... They're chatting about the whole Shingo being afraid of cats thing since he was attacked by a cat as a kid, as you had mentioned. Seriously? Shingo really doesn't like cats? Mm-hmm. When he was just a baby, a cat from the neighborhood bit him on the tip of his nose. We learned that Umino was almost eaten by an alligator purse as a baby, which is great. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I wish that it had eaten him forever. It's a really big purse. But <laughs> between Jadeite's iguana and this, the reptile to mammal ratio is weirdly high in this episode. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> and also, does this imply that Umino is deathly afraid of purses? Because I've been there, Umino. Accessorizing is hard sometimes. I may be a beginner at some things, but I've got a black belt in shopping. The next scene is actually at Shingo's elementary school, which appears to have a Sakura tree, so definitely less depressing than the school Cassie worked at. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we didn't have any trees. It was treeless. Yeah, this place looks like it would have about the same level of Gogurt contamination, though. We had some shrubs. Oh, I love a good shrub. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes the principal would go out and trim them. (laughs) The principal would? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yes. Why? (laughs) I don't know. I think that... In Japan, the principal sometimes is very much like a figurehead, and the vice principals do a lot of the work. So honestly, I think the first time I saw the principal, he was out on a ladder trimming shrubs, and I had no idea he was the principal. I thought he was the gardener. (laughs) And then I'd see him around the school, like, standing in a sink and, like, doing other stuff. And I just, I thought he was the gardener or the janitor or something for a really long time until one day I realized he was the principal. Yeah, until he actually got a promotion to president. There is the possibility that maybe in Japan, the principal is also the groundskeeper slash janitor. There actually generally aren't janitors, so it falls upon the Uh... staff and the students to maintain the school. I never even considered that. Like, I've seen in anime so many times kids, you know, cleaning the floors and organizing the desks and everything, but I had never considered that was just because they didn't have janitors. (laughs) Yep, there's cleaning time every day after lunch and everyone cleans. That seems really smart, actually, and I'm shocked that the United States hasn't adopted that because we could lay off so many janitors. Yeah, but you know that everyone's mom and dad would come in like, how dare you make Timmy wipe the floor with a mop? Everyone would get sued. And then there would be no such thing as public school. Oh, wait, that's going to happen anyway. LOL. Yeah, thanks, private school vouchers. Anyways. (laughs) So we're actually at Shingo's Elementary School and not in the United States. Yes. And we see Luna, who's there spying on those children, which is a very negaverse tactic. Luna, don't do that. (laughs) 
She jumps on Shingo and nuzzles his cheek, which scares him into a coma, obviously, so that we can get a hurt comfort scene with Mika. Okay, I had missed that she actually had a name, but I appreciated that somebody from Akane Tendo's class was here to go and convince him. So again, bringing it back to Ranma one half, she is literally wearing what Akane would. (laughs) Oh, she was! Oh my god, thank you for saying that, because I was like, I was trying to put my finger on, like, what she looked like, and she's totally a character from Rama One Half. Yeah, I was gonna say, we're lucky that he hasn't been thrown into a pit of hungry cats repeatedly, uh, (laughs) because then there might be some murder martial arts going on. Yeah, definitely. Freestyle cat fist fighting. It's known as cat fool. He laments that he wants any pet that isn't a cat, and so they run over to a new pet shop called Perfume. This is one of Jadeite's stupid name things. I just know it. (laughs) And, you know, I noticed that all the shops that they set up in his evil schemes, they're all very elaborate. The front is very colorful with lots of lights and signs. Whoever designs their shops really goes all out. Do you think it's one of those guys in the background in the cult going, no, and then also doing some architecture plans on the side? He has like a drafting table. <laughs> yeah, Jedi comes into the room and he whips out his cork board that has all his designs and stuff thumbtacked to it. And he's really excited that Jedi wants to see one of his designs. <laughs> like, don't worry, Timmy, we're going to use what you're doing today. Like, you've been upgraded. You're no longer just a cultist. You are now a cultist. With a plan. (laughs) That does sound dangerous, actually. (laughs) A cultist with a plan is a lot more scary than just a bunch of regular cultists who are very, very depressed and sad. (laughs) Speaking of things that are depressing and sad, the pet shop is full of these empty plexiglass cages. And it's just these little monsters, these little long-haired rabbits in them. There's nothing. There's no food bowl. There's no wheel for them to run in. There's nothing for them, which is just very sad. But Shingo is looking at them and looking to make a purchase. And oh my god, that lady just faded into the frame from nowhere. (laughs) Hi, are you interested in a Chanela? The whole shop is very sinister. The buddies are sinister. She's creepy sinister. Everyone cooing and like I love you, pets. So creepy. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I'm looking for a pet, not a cult. Yeah, the rabbits look very murderous, too. I'm not sure how anyone looks at them and and says, wow, they're so cute. They look like the rabbits that would murder you in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. They absolutely do. (laughs) They are totally killer rabbits. Look at the bones! (laughs) I warned you, but did you listen to me? Oh no, you knew it all, didn't you? So this place is creepy, and as lady monsters are wont to do, this one goes about giving Shingo the Pokédex entry for all of these bunnies. They come Mm -hmm. in different pastel colors, they emit a wonderful bunny stank, and they have evil glowing hypno eyes, what the fuck? (laughs) It's Panicula! You know, that should be your first warning sign with the hypno eyes. (laughs) It doesn't need to be fed, doesn't need to be washed. It's the perfect pet. It's going to suck out all of your blood. It's giving very much like the Gremlins Little Shop of Horrors kind of vibe. (laughs) It absolutely does. And I just want to, real quick, 
Real quick, I want to go back to what Ali said. They don't need to eat. We learned this later in the episode, and everyone is just cool with that. And I'm like, do none of you people understand the first law of thermodynamics? We'll talk about this later, but I love how people just accept that. And they're like, oh, he doesn't need to eat? Great. <laughs> I will welcome it into my home. Like, what do they think? It's a fucking Furby? Or is it they, like, don't feed it after midnight? <laughs> it's always after midnight, so I guess it never eats. <laughs> Scientifically speaking, something has to be powering this thing and like sure you don't have to buy food but plutonium is pretty fucking expensive (laughs) we cut to a scene in an alley where we have a starving stray dog who's digging Mm -hmm. through the garbage cans and i'm like cassie why did you have to bring up grave of the fireflies last episode miyazaki heard you and now he's out for our delicious salty tears (laughs) he's like oh let me just edit in this really sad dog so sad for this dog oh my god I was literally crying. The kids have the bunnies and they're just ignoring the puppy that's chasing after them. And it's so cute. It's so sad. And it's a quality puppy too. It's like a Labradoodle or something. Yes, exactly. That's like a hypoallergenic dog. I would take that dog. Mm -hmm. But, you know, rabbits that don't need to eat that are super creepy. 100% better. Always go with the creepy rabbit. (laughs) I mean, on the upside, in this scene, it looks like the bunnies are starting to evolve, fortunately. But then, (laughs) no, Jadeite is holding down the B button and taking in yet more child energy. (laughs) You can't evolve. You must stay rabbit. It just makes you wonder what the hell is happening in the Juban district where people are just like willing to go along with this. They are some of the biggest rubes. (laughs) Free bunnies? Oh yeah, totally not suspicious. I'm just gonna take this glowing bunny and go home now. Radio station that reads love letters and doesn't exist? Yeah, totally. I'm into it. (laughs) Like, did you learn nothing that if you see in the newspaper, free cats... The cat is not fucking free. There is a price that you have to pay. That cat has student loans. (laughs) (laughs) That cat is just looking to be a kept cat. (laughs) That cat is a human who's going to poop in a box. Oh no. (laughs) That cat is just looking for a sugar daddy. (laughs) That cat just wants you to buy seven Gucci purses. (laughs) Oh no, am I that cat? So back at Usagi's house, uh, in her room specifically, she is yelling at Luna for not trying harder at the licking her brother plan (laughs) and wearing a really adorable outfit, guys. That huge cozy pink sweater with cute high-waisted green shorts, like, yes, please, Insta, I will buy this thing. Send me a link now. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it makes me jealous of people's stick legs because I have beefy (laughs) legs and therefore I cannot wear tiny little high-waisted shorts. It's just not a it's not a good life for me. Yeah, I feel you. Don't think of it as you having beefy legs. You have swimmer's legs. I don't mind having beefy legs. I just, you know, can't wear stick leg fashions. Oh, well then fuck you. <laughs> Allie has stick legs. <laughs> I did have stick legs. <laughs> All right, Cassie, here's the plan. We're going to go back in time and steal Allie's stick legs, one for each of us. <laughs> Please take them. I'm not using them. <laughs> Maybe we could share them because it's weird to just have one stick leg. So we'll just have to like take turns with both stick legs. I see. So it's like mom said it's my turn with stick legs. Yeah. (laughs) Josie, it's not fair. You had the stick legs yesterday. I just got these shorts. I want to cosplay Sailor Moon. But I want to wear leggings and not look crazy. Yeah, this is why people tune into this podcast, is to hear me and Cassie whining like children. (laughs) Do you want to hear whining? This is whining! 
happening? Uh, we look away from the show for two minutes and Shingo punts Luna. <laughs> yeah, it was like he just joined the mafia and it came to rough Luna up for her gambling debt or something. <laughs> she's got gambling debt and student loan debt. Like, ah, oh, you got it rough, Luna. Yeah, she's made some bad choices. <laughs> I don't know who I'm more afraid of, the mob or Sally Mae. Oh my god, Sally Mae is the mob. Yeah, definitely Sally Mae. Mm-hmm. You know, the mob will break your legs. Sally Mae will break your dreams. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that goes on a fucking shirt. <laughs> uh, so ladylike, Josie. Good job. Um, <laughs> anyway, Shingo like just kicks Luna across the room. And I'm wondering, what is this kid's power level? Because Luna kicked Usagi's ass last episode. So Shingo is probably Super Shingo level three or something at this point, right? Yeah, Yeah, he screamed a bunch and now he's power level three. Shingo is declaring friendship ended with Luna. Now Mega Perfume Bunnymon is my new friend. (laughs) Usagi rebukes him and offers me a new crying sound clip to use. How generous of you, show. Don't mind if I do. I love how even though she's not using her Sailor Moon power-up crying, her crying is still super effective. Yeah, it absolutely is. (laughs) Shingo snaps out of the hypnosis because of the crying that we're talking about. Luna is apparently fine, and we get the second cute tea set in this episode. Was this episode made for us, Viz? As an apology for last episode, and putting a 30-year-old show behind a paywall? Because the demerits are permanent. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, we get a second tea set? Wow. Also, super perfect. Whoever was in charge of animating food this episode, they went all out. Yeah, the tiny hand guy was not in the office that day. The cups are gonna look good, the food's gonna look good, everything's gonna be beautiful and detailed. Oh yeah. No weird floating toast and shit. (laughs) Floating toast would be such a good shoegaze band, just saying. Oh my god, yes. Oh gosh, the family is having tea and cookies, which is just cozy and nice, and Shingo brags about his pet. That new pet of yours really does smell nice. I know, and it's easy to take care of, too. A Chanela doesn't need to be fed. Wow, that's one economical pet. It looks like it probably knows what, what do you think, guys? Sand attack? Scratch? (laughs) Definitely knows scratch. I was thinking that it's kind of like one of those hypno bunnies. Yeah, um... Uh, yes. You know the ones. They raise up their ears and they've got the eyeballs on the inside of their ear. Oh, actually, I don't know if I know that one. Is that is that one of the new ones? Is that from the England one? That's from X and Y, at least, because that's the only one that I've played between oh. Red and Blue. I liked X and Y a lot. That was actually like my mm. favorite Pokemon game was X and Y. That was fun. So they might, yeah. it might have appeared somewhere between red and blue and x and y but i never played any of those games so i don't know mm. meow stick meow stick no yeah 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 okay thanks honey so we got there we didn't need you to leave us a one-star review for not knowing pokemon because our best boy slash lead gaff <laughs> is on top of it also meow stick exactly. is not a bunny it's like a cat fox it's, yeah it's the cat thing okay that you but cosplay. it has bunny ears okay <laughs> okay so why would it be Meowstick? Look, we can't we can't start talking about Pokemon names. Maybe when we start actually reviewing Pokemon, but <laughs> my, my point was that Shingo really needs to hold off on the Moonstone until level fifteen. Otherwise, this thing is going to miss out on learning Swift, <laughs> and that's where we find out that it doesn't need to eat. 
<laughs> the Sukinos are fine with it. It's so weird. I was like, why are their mom and dad so accepting of literally everything that happens in the house? <laughs> this was the first episode where I got the impression that maybe Usagi's parents are just like high 24 <laughs> 7. <laughs> mommy's specialty yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> these cookies totally don't have any special ingredients honey like oh no you you can't have these these are for these are for us these are for our special time <laughs> i was just gonna say and then luna starts eating them and that is an episode let me tell you oh boy <laughs> the chanel sits on top of it and absorbs the energy from it and then it's a wild <laughs> ride after that it learns all kinds of moves so the parents, who are definitely blazing it, they tell the kids that they should keep both of their pets, which is just asking for your windows to be blown out by a Pokemon battle, but for now, I guess it's fine. Um, we go the next day, and Usagi is telling someone else that they'll be late for school. Are we watching Escaflone? What year is it? Who am I? We have a role reversal. Shingo is like, I'm cool, just staring at my bunny, which is, you know, upsetting. But Usagi realizes something is up, finally, because this presumably <laughs> fission-powered pet is glowing like the sun, but it just won't evolve. <laughs> yeah, Shingo's like, I need nothing. I just need my bunny. I'm totally normal. I guess, in some ways, it's an improvement, right? Because Shingo is annoying as hell, but... Uh, I don't know, it still feels bad to say that about a kid, so maybe I'll cut that. You shouldn't brainwash people, I think is the moral of the story. Yeah, it's kind of the takeaway. I think we can all get behind <laughs> that. At school, all the middle school kids also have bunnies now, and a pan across the classroom gives us a line I never wanted to hear. Eh, my Chanela smells better. <laughs> Did anyone else sort of feel like they introduced Chanella as some sort of toy marketing opportunity so that they could make a bunch of fluffy bunny toys that smelled like different things to market to children? That's a really good idea if they Ooh. didn't. It was bringing me back to Cherry Mary Muffins. If Viz did not market these things, then we absolutely should. We should <laughs> get some koosh balls, put some evil red eyes on them and sell them as Chanellas and spray them with some cheap perfume, you know? I was going to yeah. say, can't we just spray perfume on a Furby? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> we can. It will be the weirdest thing I've ever done in my entire life. But yes, we can. <laughs> You're like down a back alley like, kids, kids, come over here. You want a Chanel, kids? It's just like a Furby. You're like spraying it with perfume. Like One of the eyes doesn't work, so it's just half blinking. <laughs> oh my god, we would get arrested so fast. Uncle Stan, is that legal? When there's no cops around, anything's legal. We're in the classroom and everyone hides their rabbits when Haruna-sensei shows up to teach English? Cursive? Are those all rolled into the same class in Japan, Cassie? I don't know that anybody learns cursive anymore what are the kids learning <laughs> these days how to do the tiktoks uh i mean i think they practice japanese calligraphy that would be like the equivalent of american cursive but i think when they learn english in class they don't learn cursive anymore and i was gonna make a joke but like that's so much cooler this is just a real indictment of our education system internationally. You get to use a cool brush. Yeah, you know how it is. Yeah. Oh, more important question about Japan. Are the desks in Japanese middle schools airtight, Cassie? Because I caught myself wondering if those rabbits are suffocating in there, or if they're just covered in gum the way they would be in an American school. <laughs> yeah, I think they're just like regular school desks with like an opening in the front. Okay. 
Well, that's good to know. They were able to breathe, but the students could not control their bunny addiction. They gotta get an eyeful of those pastel cuties or they're gonna freak out like Usagi's parents after a day when their cannabis dealer doesn't show up. <laughs> the kids freak out when Haruna-sensei tells them to cut it out. What's that? Give it to me, please. No way. Stop! No! In fact, our poor Kurama lookalike gets shoved into a desk. More casual assault from the show. I really want a vacation for Haruna-sensei at this point, or a transfer to a different district. Yeah, she's like, can people please stop abusing me? I don't want to be in this school anymore. The Pokemon trainers in the class get up to leave. Based on what happened with the cloud cards, I'm sure there will be no punishment on this either. Molly and Usagi figure out that this all started at the perfume store. The one where they sell rabbits, not the one where they sell perfume. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it, Darian is back. <laughs> don't tell me you decided to be like everyone else and buy one of these pets. Why not? You just don't seem like the type of girl who likes perfume. Oh, just get lost. As we know, this is a romance, and uh, it's this is a, another very meet cute moment. <laughs> it's more like meet angry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a very Jane Austen kind of situation. Oh my god, Allie, no. Don't you dare compare... <laughs> This to Jane Austen. <laughs> Look, I have to go with what I know. I was going to ask, Allie, when you were reading fanfics a la carte back in the day, was anyone actually engaging in the Sailor Moon Darien ship? And if so, why? Oh, I mean, of course they were. Yeah, that's like the standard. Like the gold standard of anime relationships when you're reading fanfiction in the 90s. <laughs> why? Because he's a mysterious stranger mm-hmm. with a top hat and flowers. <laughs> And cast the net music. This is starting to sound like one of those books by one of those incels. (laughs) (laughs) Usagi tells him to get lost and goes into the store. Good job, Usagi. So cool. But then, despite Luna's warnings, she falls for a rabbit's hypnosis and immediately becomes a massive jerk. Bad job, Usagi. (laughs) I like that she was so desperate that she's like, oh man, I should have waited until Naru could come with me. I'm gonna not get <laughs> fall into this trap. I'm not gonna... And then immediately, just boom, just gone. Boom. Done. Yep. <laughs> Fortunately for us, Luna ends up using Crunch on the bunny and it goes down <laughs> like a chump, presumably because it's a psychic type, freeing our teenage heroine from its evil grasp. Luna is a obligate carnivore, so... Yes! I was about to say, it's really satisfying to see Luna using her animal instincts and... It's weird to remember that Allie said she has a human form. Are these Animorphs rules? What, like, if she stays in a cat form for three hours, then she's a cat forever? Yes, exactly. Is Luna a Tobias? Like, is she slowly losing her human mind and becoming a beast? Uh, no. Maybe? I don't know. Yet another crossover. I am not going to be able to find a single sound drop for Animorphs. It had, like, a TV show in yes. the early 2000s and nothing else. Yeah, like, a one season of Nickelodeon television show. Yeah. Oh, I was so excited for that. And then it was just like, oh, is that what the so Andalites look like, huh? Well, they were on the cover of, like, the book, and I also was not impressed by that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have this be a one-sided conversation, <laughs> so for Ali's sake, we're going to bring it back to the show, <laughs> where you. Usagi runs home to save her brother from the killer rabbit. All right, Shingo, hand over that Chanel right now! No way! He is not having it, so she uses double slap, which is an intense little moment, if I'm being completely honest. There's so much violence mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. this is why there was not a Deke version of this episode, because there was too much bitch slapping to cut out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, this episode is eight minutes long now. 
Also, I feel like Deke probably saw what was going on with Tamagotchis and Pokemon and Digimon and Monster Rancher, and we're like, eh, nobody likes that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely don't have a marketing opportunity here. Yeah. <laughs> Usagi looks absolutely horrified at what she's done to her little brother, which is a nice little reminder that despite tearing a woman in half with her headgear in episode three, she's still gentle at heart. <laughs> So we jump right into the transformation into Sailor Moon, and then we go to the pet store. The woman running it, who is definitely Jadeite's Iguana's human Sona, is just handing out Pokemon and telling kids to give them to everyone. Uh, should I make a Tribble reference at this point in the podcast? Yeah, I was like, is the alternate title for this episode The Trouble with Tribbles? <laughs> <laughs> the Trouble with Chanelas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, very good. I approve. Fallen out of everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Making cute noises for what it's worth. They haven't made noises up to this point, And then all of a sudden they're like, ow. <laughs> yeah. The, the noise they made was so cute. If they were making that noise the whole time, I'd be like, yeah, please hypnotize me. I want to be possessed by you, please. I think from now on, I'm going to edit in a Chanel noise into every episode of the podcast and people can look for it like a Where's Waldo. <laughs> It's a very nice Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Easter egg, literally, because they're bunnies. <laughs> Boo, you stink! Jadeite's pet iguana, who I will refer to henceforth as Donna, because I think that's cute, transforms into a <laughs> lizard lady. And so do all the people uh, who bought bunnies. Yay, lizard people. Lizard people confirmed in the Juban district. Why was the JAF, uh, SDF, the self-defense force, why were they not on this? <laughs> because they're in league with them. <sighs> yeah. They're all lizard people all the time. Anyone you don't like or who is different from you. <laughs> I get that they turned into lizard people because it was a lizard Yoma, but I also feel like they should have turned into bunny people just because we had these bunny pets. Yeah. Or maybe there should have been cute lizards that they were giving away. I don't know. I just don't enjoy the juxtaposition of the lizard people <laughs> with the bunnies. You know, that's a really good point, Cassie. Thank you for bringing that up. Because when they turn into lizard people, they don't have the chanelas anymore. And then when they turn back into humans, the chanelas drop to the floor. So it's implying that like the chanelas fused with the humans in order to make them lizard people, which makes Makes no sense. <laughs> Are the Chanella just hairy lizards? Oh Ooh. no, I hate that. <laughs> oh, I think all of us hate that. <laughs> Shave a Chanella and it's just an iguana. Oh no. <laughs> oh goodness. So at any rate, the <laughs> we've gone too deep. We have gone way too deep. The the Chanella lizards turn the kids into lizards, and that makes it like a new flavor of zombie fight. I'm not super impressed by that, but it is what it is. Yeah, zombie <laughs> fight again. <laughs> we get a bit of character development here, which I liked. Sailor Moon is cowering, mm. waiting for Tuxedo Mask to show up, and Luna's like, it's 1992, baby. We may have regressive standards concerning weight and LGBT people, but you don't need no man to sell you this orphan pencil. Exactly. You can do it, Sailor Moon. We learn from Luna that the Moon Tiara can also cure people of lizarditis. Neat. So Shingo and all the other youngster Joeys out there won't be irrevocably destroyed. Yay! I can't remember if we ever see her use Moon Tiara Stardust again. I was wondering the same thing. Are you fucking because kidding me? I was me? like, I completely forgot about this one. <laughs> she gets her wand. Yeah. And that one does healing. Right. Yeah. So maybe they just were like, well, she needs to heal these kids because we can't have her murder children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is fully a toddler fight, but she cannot engage. So we'll just 
I don't know, give her tiara healing for just one episode. Because I guess we know. didn't want to pay the animators to do a wand animation yet, or we have <laughs> to do that in the next 12 episodes or something. She's got to like upgrade to a wand. Yeah, or this could also just be a portent of things to come. Just kind of putting it in the back of the viewer's mind that, hey, she can do like healing things. So that way it's not so weird when she can do mm. healing things. <laughs> yeah, it's not weird that she does healing things, but it is a little bit weird that she never chooses to use that healing on the Yoma, huh? Well, that's actually a monster. Like, what's it going to turn back into? <laughs> I don't know. That's true. I don't know. Uh, this is sort of unrelated, but, <laughs> you know, rice pilaf? <laughs> I, I'm familiar with the food rice pilaf, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about rice pilaf. <laughs> the exotic food of rice pilaf. You know those like weird pilaf. <laughs> God damn it! I'm crying again. <laughs> oh. please, please, Cassie, I need to know where this is going. I need to. The suspense is killing me. You know the pilaf in the rice pilaf? (laughs) I always think the tiara when it gets to like the spinny shape. (laughs) Looks (laughs) it looks like the pilaf. I I mean you're not wrong. (laughs) It's just such it's it's such a long way to go for such a short walk. for taking us there, Gas. Yeah, that time that Rice Pilaf destroyed our podcast. <laughs> podcast destroyed by Rice Dish. Uh, it's uh. just every time, every episode, I think about the Rice Pilaf. I had to mention it this time because it, I just, I just couldn't let it go anymore. Have you been sitting on this since the 90s? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I appreciate your courage and finally coming forward. <laughs> the more you know, star rainbow noise. So as I said, the other youngster Joey's out there won't be irrevocably destroyed. The other kids aren't going to be killed by this frisbee tiara that looks like a pilaf. <laughs> but that does not solve the problem where Donna is going to tear through an entire door and use constrict on Sailor Moon via her tail. <laughs> Luna yells that Donna's weak point is all the junk she has in that trunk. And so Sailor Moon destroys that ass like groceries. I love how she honed in on this one part of a lizard person and was like, oh, oh yeah, tap that and you'll be fine, girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it was glowing. It was. The Yoma needs to like work on disguising their weak point because if your weak point literally glows that's a bad job that's a problem yeah put some makeup on that or something oh yeah some foundation that'll cover that right up like wear a hat over it i don't know (laughs) wear a butt hat (laughs) put on those little short shorts (laughs) yeah those shorts would look really cute on donna are you kidding me she'd be beautiful i did want to point out that when sailor moon attacks donna with her tiara she doesn't use the i'm going to heal and redeem you function so that is a choice i will now be noting every time sailor moon kills someone (laughs) is this the patriarchy it's starting to feel like the patriarchy lady monster's got it rough is all i'm saying you know maybe she would have turned back into a lizard if we healed her that's what i'm talking about yeah but did they have lizards on the moon i I don't fucking know uh they had rock gardens and beautiful archways 
So. Yeah, but that's not a lizard. <laughs> well, who do you think lives in the rock garden, Allie? Lizards. Um, Allie, because you're in charge of our social media, can you reach out to Neil deGrasse Tyson? <laughs> And ask him. <laughs> we'll do. Ask him about the possibility of lizards living on the moon because we just need to know. <laughs> Donna is disintegrated, and so are the rabbits. Meaning there are a whole lot of dust bunnies to clean up. Oh. Am I kicked off the podcast yet? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Apparently, I want to get fired off of the podcast so bad. This is a volunteer gig. Yeah, that's fair. But I crave validation so hard. Oh. Hashtag podcasting. <laughs> Speaking of validation, Shingo is about to run over and be really excited about meeting Sailor V. Sailor V. Sailor V's out there fighting real crime and is on the news. So, of course, Shingo's heard about Sailor V. Sailor Moon's just like, fighting pet store monsters that nobody cares about. This scene was really satisfying from a world-building perspective. It's nice to be reminded that this, like, legendary superhero with her own video game and working with the Juban District Special Victims Unit is out there doing this sort of thing as well. And that got me kind of thinking, if this was a different show, it would have been kind of neat if Sailor V became a rival or antagonist for Sailor Moon rather than a teammate. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you could have Christopher Maloney pulling up to perfume like, what kind of pet store is this? All the cages are empty. And Sailor V pushes up her mask and says, Chief, get me Petco on the horn. Looks like this place is going to need a hair transplant. Uh... God damn it. <laughs> so now I'm off the podcast, right? <laughs> but yeah, sorry, you were going to say something, Cass, and I interrupted you with my stupid bit. It's the best bit. <laughs> I think Sailor V would just win. Are we thinking this because Sailor V is a functional superhero who is working with the cops and has actually stopped a whole bunch of crimes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't sure if this was some kind of ultimate battle sort of thing where we're trying to imagine whether the heart ray would beat the moon tiara. And I don't care. I'm so uninterested in that. Usagi's power comes from friendship. Exactly. Yeah. And I was going to say that that if you are interested in reading some fan fiction about that, you bet your bottom dollar uh, I have something for you. <laughs> oh, a fan fiction where Usagi and Minako are like bitter rivals a la uh, Green Naruto and Blonde Naruto. What did you call me? I was thinking of my my personal favorite fanfic that Cassie was kind enough to gift to me for a birthday. It was a birthday. Like she wrote this for you or she just printed it out? <laughs> I printed it out in a bound volume. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like 900 pages long. What? Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, yeah uh, and I will let you borrow it. Once you have a little bit more of a sense of who it is that we're dealing with. It's called Usagi is Dead. Usagi is Dead. Hip hip hooray. I hate this so much. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It was written by Dark Day for Anime. So DDFA, if you are still alive and if you're listening to this podcast, please let me know because I was in love with your work. Oh my God. Email us. We will interview you on this podcast. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) But yeah, all of that aside, we're going to cut back to the scene at hand where Usagi has defeated the monster and Shingo ran over being like, oh, Sailor V, Sailor V, you're so cool. And Usagi is like, no, I'm not Sailor V, I'm Sailor Moon. And he's like, whatever, close enough, you have superpowers, and I'm like 10. He's like, you're both wearing the, basically the same outfit, yeah. and you have blonde hair. You're yeah. the same person. Exactly. I can't wait to own all of your action figures. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get that sweet merch. 
Speaking of sweet merch, in the Viz Japanese dub, Shingo basically says, you're cute, so it doesn't matter. Oh, good catch, localization team. Yep. Uh... The next day at the Tsukino house, Shingo is affectionately feeding Luna part of the incredible edible meat mattress that I made for Usagi and everything is fine. The end. No one questions what happens to the bunny thing. That's actually not the biggest dangling thread that made me upset. It was the fact that we never saw what happened to that dog. Oh, Oh, it's probably still on the street. Oh, God. Don't bring it back to Fry's dog. Oh, no. What have I done? That was you, Allie. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a good sound drop, if nothing else. It's Dolomite, baby. Dead dogs aside, did you like it? Did you like the episode? Uh, I feel like this episode fits sort of, like, in a weird kind of thing. Like, there's nothing necessarily bad about it except for all the like violent child and animal abuse yeah but it wasn't super outstanding either the entire episode between uh, ranma one half as soon as i saw mm-hmm. the chanela i was like is that real oh no <laughs> yeah i was like bouncing back and forth between my knowledge of other 90s anime that i've never actually finished I would take 12 Chanela for myself because they were freaking adorable, though weird. But overall, it was an enjoyable episode, notwithstanding all of the random acts of violence. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I would like to point out, Allie, that based on the way that Chanela work in the show, if you had 12 of them, you would die so fast. <laughs> oh, that sweet embrace of death. Forgot Allie was the goth one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say that, ooh, I'm Sailor Mercury, but you know, in my heart of hearts, I'm really Sailor Saturn. <laughs> Allie's like the emotional goth. Yes. I was going to say the classical goth, like Mary Shelley. You know, there's a dark castle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Totally the gothic era of literature. That's me. <laughs> For me, I didn't really like Shingo going into the episode, like I said, so I wasn't super invested in it. But by the end, I liked it. I liked him better a little bit, too. I enjoyed the change in power dynamic where Usagi was getting on Luna's case about being more likable. That was fun. I enjoyed that. The fight scene at the end was okay. The most action that we got was Taylor Moon knocking over some cardboard boxes so the kids couldn't chase after her. (laughs) I give this episode four moons out of five. That's a lot of moons. Is that how we're rating the episodes now? (laughs) No, no, just this one episode for some reason. It's going to be very confusing for the fan base. (laughs) Sorry, four guys. Eventually it'll be five guys and I'll get a cheeseburger. Oh my god. <laughs> if we get five listeners, Allie gets to eat. Yay! <laughs> That's a hell of a Patreon goal. <laughs> Didn't realize that Allie was in such dire straits, but I guess the decrepit aging castle that she lives in that's a metaphor for her own mind is falling apart. The yellow wallpaper is curling around me as we oh, speak. Oh god, that story is horrible. Oh, it's so good. TLDR, this episode is a cry for help. <laughs> Please beat me. <laughs> I get this episode four cries for help out of five. Speaking of cries for help, here at They're Not Cousins Incorporated, we are proud to be doing the work which Viz and the Anime Industrial Complex refuse to do, giving you, our listeners, so maybe five people, life advice based on the only show which regularly features tiara-based violence. That's right, we're bringing back Sailor Moon Says. Sailor Moon Says! (laughs) As always, I will go first, because my segment, Mm. my rules, my right my mattress made of meat (laughs) my pillow oh no (laughs) my pillow but made out of puff pastry just so many layers Mm. (laughs) just imagining paul hollywood don't eat that mary it's raw (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know he was scottish he's not i'm just bad at doing like liver pudlian or whatever the fuck he is (laughs) moral number one every day is bring your pet to class day if you love that pet enough 
Your friends and teachers would line up to meet your ball python, giant skank, or overweight prairie dog. If they say otherwise, they're liars. Pet allergies are just things people pretend to have in order to get attention, like a girlfriend in Canada, or opinions about Shakespeare's <laughs> plays. And remember, just like humans, your pets need plutonium, socialization, and plenty of shoes to pee in so they can live a happy, healthy life. Ooh. A++. <laughs> Sailor Moon says. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that was me. Uh, what about you, Allie? Did you have one for us? I do. Moral number two. Feeling lonely? Need a bit of companionship in these unprecedented times? Stop by your local pet shop and adopt a mop. Everyone wants a cat, dog, rabbit, or lizard, but no one ever thinks to break into the back room and just take a mop from the supply cabinet. It will be a low-maintenance, cost-effective solution to the existential dread of existence. Just put a collar around its neck, and you've got a new, practical friend to keep you company. Also to help you wash the floors once in a while. Allie, I think you you misunderstood the brief. We're supposed to be giving bad advice. <laughs> that is really good advice. <laughs> to break into the back of a pet shop and steal its mop? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could get a mop however you want. But like, yeah, no, I think the idea of just having a pet that is an unliving, unbreathing, unfeeling thing that you can just use to wash your floors, that's great. Now in the They're Not Cousins store. <laughs> that mop. It's mop, it's mop, it's made out of a mop. <laughs> I should never sing. Why am I doing this? Um, Cassie, please save me from myself. I will try my best. Moral number three. Do you know someone with a phobia? A friend or family member? Why not employ unlicensed exposure therapy to help them get over that fear? Are they afraid of cats? Expose them to cats. Every five seconds, all the time. Shove that cat right in their face. Throw them in a pit of hungry cats. They surely will not learn a new deadly martial arts skill. And you know, if they break down and cry and their phobia gets even worse, just try harder. Yeah. This works with household animals and also every other kind of animal. Bears, uh, alligators. Mops. Mops. <laughs> just keep showing them the mop. <laughs> And this is how we invent mop therapy. <laughs> it's like sock therapy. <laughs> what is sock therapy? Where you talk to a sock puppet. Oh, got it. Is it just like literally me and Cassie from watching a lot of Syphil and Molly? <laughs> well, no, it's good. You're bringing it back to puppets, back to the Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh, no. I forgot Cassie doesn't like that. I was more saying oh, no, because I was just imagining Kermit the Frog in place of Syphil and Ollie and having Kermit the frog saying prostitute laundry and it just it went to a weird place in my mind i think that's understandable that is the only place that can go thank you for sharing those sailor moon says i don't think we have anywhere else that we can go except probably to the end of the episode right yeah that's true i I think it's over now (laughs) ali how about you let all these wonderful people out there know how they can get in contact with us and listen to future episodes of the pod will do if you're on social media and i know many of you are you can follow us at at not cousins cast on instagram twitter facebook and youtube you can also listen to this episode at our website they're not cousinscast.com or send us an email at they're not cousinscast at gmail.com. We're available on pretty much every podcast platform that's up there. If I've missed one, let me know. I just realized Last FM is a thing, so I'll do that today. 
Very good. And we'd also like to thank Zach Miao, who wrote and produced our theme music for us. You can find his music on iTunes and Spotify. Please continue to send us your love letters. We love getting them. That is it for our show. We will be back next time, and I really hope that you'll join us. I'm Josie. I'm Allie. And I'm Cassie. And we may not know everything about Sailor Moon, but we do know... They're not not cousins. Cousins. (laughs) (laughs) Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you for listening.